I think I have a new kink. Partners being nice to me and responding with closeness in place of fear. Let's stay wild. But try wildly soft. Trade mysterious for magic and lying about our feelings for listening. Grow into our 30s and 40s like cat's claw, quietly all-consuming, and have conversations we used to bury. Drink to enjoy instead of to escape, because we're safe enough right here. Tell me what you want without shame, what you fear, regret, and dream about, unabashed and uninhibited, because I think vulnerability gets me wetter than toughness now. I'm exhausted by toughness, by any roughness outside of consensual intimacy. Mark me in bites instead of future triggers. And let me love you with strings attached. And let our strings tangle without losing ourselves because we can use those same strings to find our way home to whatever life we create together out of all the chaos that carried us here. But maybe let's let go of chaos and carry each other. Party hard, fuck harder, but be tender with our poor, tired hearts. Our cups are not overflowing or underfilled, but bottomless, so let's drink a little more slowly. We've got all night, and I'm not going anywhere. Speaking on a new kink and the power of claiming what you want, our first provocateur was Juliet Rose. Good evening, denizens of Esoterotica land. My name is Mike Marina, and I will be subbing in for Shadow Angelina this evening. Tonight, our provocateurs will explore the theme and idea of soft, gentle quiet. For in this wild, raucous world, sometimes what we need is a contrast. Our next provocateur brings us into a moment of pure erotic intimacy. Mixed with music, stars, and the deft hands of a lover, this is Shadow Angelina. Clover. Clover is the only blanket we need. I roll my head back and forth, feeling the first brave spring buds kiss my ears. The wind would be too cold against my uncovered thighs if not for your body to my left. Your hand applies soothing pressure to the unguarded land between my bra line and panties. I breathe deep into the music floating over that balcony where an unknown maestro spins wax, serenading us and the river that defines our city. I am aware of others, down the levee just like we, small groups or couples all situated far apart and shielded by the thick darkness. Against the light of a dull moon I can just make out birds catching the currents before your wandering fingers begin to make me breathless. You trace the outlines, first of fabric, then of flesh, and though I am looking up, I no longer see the stars, the birds, the moon. My stomach tenses and knees draw as my back arches pleasure, rhythmic, slow and sure, we do not rush this touch. My body becomes music in your hands, and I turn my face to your chest, filling my senses with you. 
my hips plead, and you answer. Moving my panties aside, your fingers are greeted by the tide you've called forth. Slick strokes until you know I cannot bear it anymore. And finally, you are inside of me. My lungs fill to capacity, expanding me into the soft earth beneath us and floating into the air simultaneously. You know the exact places that make me whimper and writhe you Play my crescendo perfectly. I hear your breath catch as you watch my face. I turn and moan into your mouth. We are the clover and the river and the birds passing by. Ame Sans Savant spins a tale about sharing delicious fruit with a lover and the joys of cleaning up after a good meal. Mango. This was when we were always we. And we always thought we would be. We live for the joy of spending our time together watching one another find joy in the city and all of the ridiculous, beautiful, and beautifully ridiculous everything around us. Life was fun. It was easy. Like we knew when we fell, there would always be a soft landing. It was us that was soft. The French market and its constantly changing vendors, continuous rows of colors, products, and people, predictable and not, was always a must. And one particular day, we were fascinated by a bin of mangoes. They were so ripe, you could smell them through their skin had an ever-so-slight give to the touch-blushing yellowy-orange. We had never had fresh mango. There was no way we weren't buying one. So being us, we bought two. Then also being us and being utterly fixated, we were not going to wait. Our favorite bar was technically only a half a block away, so why not get a drink as well? We asked Louis, who was behind the bar, if it was okay for us to eat our mangoes while we had a drink. In the world we lived in, explaining that they were gorgeous and perfect, and we were desperate and simply could not wait made perfect sense. How could he even say no? Looking back, I think those that worked there indulged us because they didn't know what else to do. We were regulars, and we tipped, and we weren't really causing any trouble, so okay. He got us a knife and our drinks, and we promptly learned we had no idea how to eat a mango. I think first we tried to peel off the skin with the knife, only succeeding in soaking our hands past the wrist in juice that smelled like warm candy. Cutting it in chunks like a melon was no good when we discovered its harder inner core, like a pineapple. Finally, we just cut and pulled off what we could and ate, full-mouthed and biting, smearing the sticky onto our faces with unashamed pleasure, sweetness dripping from our chins and down to our elbows. We could not stop until we were done, till every part of this messiest of all possible fruits was devoured or left as evidence. Lewis watched us from the other end of the bar, and eventually, resigned, brought us some wet bar towels. 
We cleaned up as best we could. Then we drank. And feeling kind of sorry we could not clean up better, we drank some more. After a while, we wandered home, smiling, tipsy, and wavering to our place in the back of a house on Frenchman to make love. It was slow and silly. And when I remember, I think we weren't even really trying, more playing than fucking as we licked and kissed and sucked and touched each other where we knew we liked. On top, I was gently rocking back and forth, light shifting movements to keep us both just a step away from the edge for as long as I could. Taking both of his hands and mine up to my face, I held them there and thought I could smell mango. We had washed our hands more than once, since we were sucking sticky from fingers and palms, licking slick tongues out past the rim of lips covered in laughing new and juice. I put two of his fingers in my mouth, let them fill it up and surrounding them, and thought I tasted mango. Then, as if trying to prove myself wrong or right, Still holding both his hands around the base of his thumbs, my tongue, and I sought out the mango. I rubbed his fingers along my lips, in my mouth and out, then back around, smearing my own kisses onto my cheeks and back onto his palms. As I did, I started to shift my hips faster, back and forth, me now moving as slick against him as his hands were against my face. I leaned forward. Now gripped his shoulders, we looked into each other's eyes and knew we could not stop until we were done, till every part of us was devoured or left as evidence. Long seconds later, I arched my back, crying out more with breath than voice, one of his fingers still in my mouth. Still coming, I fell against him, putting my lips to his and kissing, full-mouthed, hot, and open. We did not stop through all the long minutes of aftershock shivers, all tongues and lips and teeth, and the lingering taste of mango. I woke draped across him just before the end of dusk, in the blue light that makes everything soft around the edges, dazzles the senses, magic hour. We stayed like that till full dark, breathing each other's breaths, rising and falling with each beat of our hearts, like we knew we would always be each other's soft landing, like we knew it was safe to be soft. TLC once said, a good man is hard to find, but a hard man is good to find. Just Shannon speaks on the third option, how she enjoys it when her partners go soft. Soft. He messes with me by going soft in my mouth. This happens mid-blowjob, just when things are really ramping up. And he takes joy in it, interrupting my enthusiastic appreciation by going limp between my lips. He likes seeing the disappointment, the exasperation on my face. He likes that I wait there his soft dick resting on my tongue while he decides whether to get hard again. This is a brag, a boast of self-control. It's also torture, as I do love a hard cock. 
and sucking one or more. It's also a power play because I could choose to walk away annoyed. And the implication here is that he'd shrug his shoulders, pull up his pants and be fine without a BJ. He doesn't need it. Not as much as I do anyway. And he knows it. So there I sit, limp dick of power cradled between my lips, him standing there watching to see what I'll do. Sucking soft cock is different. You can purse your lips like you would for a straw and slurp the pillowy meat into your mouth like an oyster. Or you can not suck at all, using your tongue to squish that dick upward, rubbing it side to side against the space behind your teeth. I assume this feels good, at least for some people. He gives me no sign, just smiles wickedly. You have to work to keep a soft cock in your mouth and slide it in and out. A hard dick you can just open wide for and bob your head. A soft dick you've got to suck and blow, really use your tongue. And it's all head work. At least that's how it seems. The head of a penis is really the only thing that can feel anything significant in that state, I think. It's easy to make it hurt. And not just on purpose, but by accident too. That stretchy erection accommodating flesh becomes so fragile when flaccid. I think this is why he finally gives in. Stops thinking about baseball or whatever and grows firm in my face again. And I, ever grateful, get back to work. This provocateur talks about a moment of soft tenderness in a world that too often requires us to clad ourselves in armor so thick we forget who we are. I am Mike Marina. Two black boys almost kissing. It was almost a story, one I still wish I could feel on my flesh, almost a tale happily retold. Love is love and safe is safe. But when you have to choose one or the other, don't look back. Just remember. A choir boy built like a linebacker sits in a small town church like a lie. A dancer, light-footed in twirling silks, interpreting a holy word that never applied to him. They both know how soft voices in prayer can galvanize into opposition when they despise how you worship. In a town too small for differences, too small for anything above the norm, and outliers are ground to dust, it's finding comfort in the eyes across the room, too guppies in a judgmental sea. We both knew where the first aid kit was, how to dress a wound in a choir robe, wipe blood from an Easter suit, stifle tears for the sake of solos and scripture, how to hide from your family. You always liked my smile, made me laugh when my eyes streamed tears. Although I had to sing hallelujahs, I always knew what to say to get you on stage again to hold ourselves together until we break down in the back of your Cadillac. We loved thunderstorms, found comfort in the crashing as we exercised the flies we had swallowed each day. Your head was small and round, tucked into my arm like a puppy. We quivered, shook, and let loose our desire to just be held, understood, some brief respite, fingers interlocked, Tight, anchoring ourselves in the moments where you smell like cocoa butter and soft rain. 
and we had the repetitious rumbling of a storm lulling us into a cathartic sleep like the solace I've never found. It's the exhale of breath in a parking lot next to a church where we never felt safe. It's that feeling of having someone in your corner that you finally have someone who sees your hurt and wounds and holds you even tighter. It's realizing you were never as broken as you first thought. You were always a memory I wish my flesh could recall. We never said it, but I've wondered if your lips taste like cocoa butter, how firm your chest gets in the rain. How would you dance on the tip of my tongue? Could you have been more than missed? I still feel your heartbeat, though. Too quick, one slow beats tapping against my chest, steady, persistent, a metronome assuaging demons and scars. I wonder how that story could have ended. The choir boy, built like a linebacker, known for temper tantrums and fights in the parking lot. The dancer, mouth like steel, smooth and cutting, known for hypnotizing moves. The people we could have been, when all we have is this memory of a time when we only had each other. When the schoolyard games that taught us to toughen up as kids arrest our ability to have adult relationships, we have to fight to make our own rules. Closing us out tonight, this is Invaluable Emily. This piece is called The Ghost in the Graveyard. I have, like a child looks for shadows, looked under tables, beds, deep in closets, longing to find things tucked in pockets or behind, faux suede winter coats, spring hopscotch through time, followed dotted outlines to be of right mind, tried to persuade any possible traces of memories hidden under stuffed animal piles. Like a ghost in a graveyard, I have learned to make myself very hard to find. In an effort to seek love, how to receive it, where to look, all I have learned is how to hide until truce is declared and we are free to go on about our nights. In the game, Simon says, a player must obey a command given by Simon. A command without the beginning phrase, Simon says, means you do not perform the action. So, for example, Simon says, little girl, calm down, don't be so loud. Simon says, little girl, smile. You have no reason not to be happy. Simon says, little girl, folks really only want one thing, so don't be too soft. Little girl, there is strength in using your voice. Little girl, it is okay that emotions are roller coasters most days. Little girl, it is important to learn to love your softness. How you are taught the rules determines how you approach the game. How you handle success, loss, question, friendly, or competition, when to give up, how hard you practice, or lean on luck. We all go around in circles, looking to find a place to fit in. Squeeze in a chance to sit down once in a while, but once the music stops, if you are not careful, you may lose your place, knocked by the wayside, while others continue, all laughs and smiles. Truth is, I don't enjoy most of the games, especially not the ones we pretend we like to play. I dare to be engulfed in the things you often think and fear to say. I long for the delicate innocence of the words you keep, tongue bit, mind wrapped and overthink, sink into self to pour out any negative doubts, lifting up where you thought you would normally shrink. Take in all of those hopes and dreams you whisper only to yourself, 
but perhaps it's easier if I start with myself. So I like raw, stripped-down, bare honesty. I want shared Saturday morning lounge and lazy. I want big southern breakfasts together, wandering in the park, conversations intriguing and stimulated, endless design like mazes. Not worried about the direction, never mind, let's get lost in one another's gazes, and as the temperature raises, I want accidental naps on the couch Sundays. I want to feel you on my skin like breeze blowing, leaves crashing, dancing, fine to wind up wherever the flow is inspired to carry. I want fingers, trails, traces that linger deep embraces. I want your cotton candy sticky sweet as you melt in my mouth, noticing the mess, enjoying taking my time to clean it up. I want to know how you take your tea, have memorized every idiosyncrasy. I want breaking fevers snuggled under covers in homemade soup, just looking out for one another. But once the fever breaks... The more comfortable I get, the more I realize the rules taught in experience and in life often don't always continue to apply, at least not the way I thought they did if the goal is to enjoy the ride. I noticed you noticing the mess of myself I tried to keep inside. The kind of messes I can't quite playfully clean up and definitely not if we turn on the lights. I notice you learning to unlock the parts I thought that I put on old save files. So, in an effort to seek love, how to receive it, where to look, all I've learned is how to hide. I find myself being found in all of the places I used to buy time. You found me. You keep finding me. I guess I never really enjoyed hiding anyway. Thus, we bring this night to a close. We hope you are feeling nice and warm, wrapped in comforting feelings, a person or a group of people. (laughs) I want to say thank you to the co-producers of ESO for letting me host, the provocateurs for giving us such sumptuous work, and you, yes, you, dear listener, for enjoying the show. We couldn't do it without you. In thinking about this theme, I'm reminded of one of my favorite poems by Rumi. In your light, I learned how to love. In your beauty, how to make poems. You dance inside my chest where no one sees you. But sometimes I do. And that sight becomes this art. Our next theme will be Esoterotica is on fire on the 28th. It's going to be an evening of erotica so hot it may just consume everything. And we will see you all in two weeks. Tonight's music is Lost Worlds by Cutson. Feel free to drop a tip in the digital hat. We would all surely appreciate it. Signing us off, it's our captain. Oh, my captain. Ame Sansavat. Other than that, I know we can't wait to see you so very soon. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay sexy, and get fucked. Woo! <laughs>
All of our online shows are produced by Jeff Munsterman and Shadow Angelina. Sound recording and mixing by Jeff Munsterman. All rights reserved by the provocateurs of Esoterotica.